Hello, and welcome to the eighth episode of Weber Talks. Weber Talks is the only regional podcast that speaks to experts about public administration reform. Weber Talks is part of European Talks, a podcast conducted by the European Policy Center, CEP Belgrade, the Weber Project Coordinator. Our today guest is Mr. Gregor Virand, head of SIGMA, an initiative of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, and the European Union. Welcome, Gregor. Thanks for having me. You were our first guest in the first episode of the Weber podcast in September 2020. And then we discussed about the Sigma OECD principles of good administration and how civil society can help actors like Sigma in the pursuit of a joint mission of improving governance in our countries, in the Western Balkans. The principles which Sigma, together with the European Commission, promotes and uses to guide the reforms in the Western Balkans are now being reformed themselves. Can you tell us why? Well, there are several reasons. Um, every policy has to be evaluated after a certain period of time, and this is what has now happened uh, with the principles. Uh, we have applied them many times in practice. We have seen what has worked, what hasn't worked, and on that basis, we have to update them. A lot has changed since 2014, not, re not in a revolutionary way, but that there have been new standards, new instrument of the OECD, new policies and practices in the EU. There have been new trends, such as, for example, digital, such as uh, innovation. Uh, there, have, there have been new um, in legal instruments on, on, on uh, open data, uh, and so on and so forth. And of course, there, there, there was also COVID, COVID period that taught us that uh, the you know the working the way we work uh, could change and we have to incorporate all that in the principles of so public can administration. Can you give us a concrete example? How has COVID uh, uh, influenced now the new principles? What is new in the principles as a lesson learned from the COVID experience? Well, that's very straightforward. In the, in the current principles, we don't have much emphasis or practically no emphasis on the flexible working arrangements. Mm -hmm. In the new principles, there, is, there will be a, a special uh, uh, sub-principle exactly on that flexible working relations, possibilities of uh, teleworking, of, re yeah, of, of remote work, possibility of uh, flexible working hours as a part of the overall working environment that uh, that uh, impacts the, mot the motivation of uh, civil servants. And how about, um, uh, for example, um, um, working in the uh, functioning of the administration in the online environment? I mean, uh, we know that uh, when COVID started, the administrations practically stopped functioning for a while. Uh, it was such a huge shock that not only because people could not work remotely, but systems procedures were not adapted for uh, working in such a crisis uh, crisis mode. So is this also going to be included now in the principles, some sort yeah. of like uh, adaptation of the work in uh, crisis, uh, crisis mode? Well, what I would highlight here is the, is the new approach to digital, to digital uh -huh, government okay. in, in general. We have a new principle on digital government and we also mains, uh, we, 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 we mainstream digital throughout all the other areas. Um, digital government as a standalone principle is about the, the horizontal, the cross-cutting um, uh, elements, the enablers mm -hmm. such as registries, such as interoperability, such as uh, e-identity, uh, mm -hmm. uh, such as also data protection and so on and, and so forth. 
And on the other hand, we have digital very, very strongly uh, emphasized in all areas. There is digital in HRM, like HRM information system. There is digital in public procurement, e-procurement. There's, of course, a lot of digital in service delivery. There's also digital in, in, in policy making. There is a digital aspect in every area. Uh, I would say that public administration has to become digital by default. Exactly. So thank God that uh, these principles are now going to kind of um, guide our administrations to actually catching up with uh, the real world uh, around them. And uh, it was about time uh, that this happened. Uh, you mentioned also green. Mm -hmm. So how does the green transition now feature in these new principles? This sounds like a pretty major addition uh, to these new principles. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, it's, it's mainly about the mainstreaming. We are still discussing the green, the green principle, how it should look like. But it is, it is mostly about how public administration um, manages uh, green transition through, for example, public procurement, through budgeting, but also from, from the impact, uh, through the impact yeah. assessment, you know, is green, is, is the impact on the environment included in the impact assessment. However, I still have to emphasize that green is one of the policies for us as, as public administration experts, as, as uh, experts uh, um, on the quality of regulation and on the quality of policies, we always say that you have to um, you have to assess impact on in all areas very comprehensively. Even the measures towards green transition mm -hmm. can have adverse impact on, for example, on economic growth. Clearly. So one has to analyze all these, and weigh these aspects impacts. and weigh, uh, and the government, when making the decision, has to be well acquainted with all the, the consequences of the decision in all areas. And this is where we go back to the basics of assessing the impacts of new policies. And uh, this is something that probably is now going to feature at least to the same extent, if not uh, to a greater extent in these new principles, uh, the insistence on the assessment of, uh, of, of impacts yeah, of new policies yeah. and legislation. Absolutely. Not much will change in this respect. But there is something new mm -hmm. about the, the way that um, uh, evaluation of policies is going to be assessed, right? There is a new principle which will specifically look at, at the monitoring and evaluation of principles. There is a new on monitoring and ex-post evaluation. And there is also, there is also um, um, it, it includes also uh, inspection. And the way public administration, let's say, um, uh, manages compliance with regulation. This is excellent. Uh, there is also uh, one more thing which we haven't mentioned and which is definitely new in these new principles, um, and that is focus on multi-level mm -hmm. governance and on, on sub-national levels of governance. I remember back in 2015, uh, right after the first principles were published, there was already at that time some criticism in a way towards the principles uh, stating that they don't uh, include the local level, that local administrations yeah. are at least as important, if not even more important for the functioning of a country within the European Union, uh, because a lot of the legislation has to be actually implemented uh, at the local level or subnational levels in, uh, in uh, EU member states. So now, this inclusion of multi-level governance seems to be some sort of a response to, to this kind of criticism. You mentioned that yeah. principles are in a way a response to the evaluation of, uh, of how they have worked in the previous uh, 
what is it, um, uh, eight years or, or so. So um, what is new with, with, with this addition of multi-level governance and how will Sigma now include multi-level governance in the principles? Will it assess also the work of the public mm -hmm. of the local administrations? Um, uh, well, it is exactly what you say. Um, public governance is not only go public governance at the central level. It is public governance at all levels. If subnational levels, regional and local, uh, don't function uh, correctly, uh, we have a problem. So this is, I would say, the main reason that uh, that Sigma's mandate was extended, also to multi-level governance. And we are including multi-level governance, or, or if you wish, regional and local uh, government, into the principles in two ways. Mm -hmm. There will be two principles on the structural aspects of multi-level governance. What do you mean by structural uh, mm -hmm. elements? Can you just explain yes. uh, I for mean, our audience? I mean the, 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 the distribution of competencies between the level, the coordination of levels, the, um, uh, let's say, the, safe, the safeguards and the guarantees for the existence of regional and local self-government. These are the structural aspects. And also, of course, the financing of local mm -hmm. governments. There should be proper financing, there should be proper fi uh, fiscal uh, equalization, uh, there should be proper uh, fiscal autonomy also of uh, local governments in, in, in terms of uh, raising taxes, in terms of spending uh, public money. Uh, these are all the structural aspects. And on the other hand, um, multi-level... Can yeah? I just ask you here, so these are actually the elements which the central governance government has to enable. Exactly. Right? So these are the enablers from the central government for the multi-level governance exactly. to actually work, right? Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. That's one aspect. So, yeah, you, you, we can say that the structural aspects are the ones where the, the central government has to take care that, you know, there is a there is an, uh, a proper environment for the functioning of local governments. On the other hand, we uh, made an effort to formulate all the principles in such a way that they could also apply to the local governments, the ones on public service and HRM, the ones on policy making, the ones on openness and transparency. All these principles should absolutely apply also to local levels. Merit-based recruitment, for instance. Why only for the central level? Exactly. But to your question, whether Sigma will, will now assess also local governments, no. Um, we would love to, of course, but uh, it's a question of resources. Um, what we are saying is we will provide a framework and whoever wants to use this framework, it's out there, it's public, anyone can use it, it can be used for self-assessment. Or it can be used by civil society organizations Absolutely. who that's might what I, be that's what I wanted much to add. better yeah. placed. Yeah, indeed. Exactly. And in fact, exactly. I'm very happy to hear that Sigma has made this effort to um, formulate the principles in such a way that they can also apply to local uh, level of government because here in Serbia we started uh, two years ago, we actually already finished uh, uh, a pilot project to assess the local administrations in Serbia using the yes. principles of uh, public administration. And the first step which we actually had to do was to kind of Translate. reformulate or yeah, to yeah. translate and yeah. to select those principles of uh, public administration that we thought could best apply yeah. to the local level and then, then to find what they would mean in the local level. So we had to do that, which 
you will agree is not an ideal situation. I mean, we should be the assessors, yeah. but we should not set the standards uh, in uh, in this case. Uh, those who who, who assess uh, should uh, probably work on the basis of some neutral uh, neutral um, uh, criteria, at least when they come from civil society. And for us, it, this is actually going to be a very good addition or a very good um, uh, well, yeah, very good uh, news for our future projects uh, focusing on local governments. Well, that's good to hear. I think you did a you did a great job, um, and you might even be surprised that the new in in this sense the new principles will not look so differently from what you um, have done. I would say that almost all of the principles and sub principles will be easily applicable for the for the local level, especially because. We, uh, in the new framework, we are n we are focusing very much on values, mm -hmm. and not not so much on the methods how to get there. We are not, you know, prescribing this or that legislation. Uh, and uh, with the local governments, just to give you an example, merit-based recruitment is important for the local governments. Mm -hmm. Com uh, competitive salary system um, is important for the local governments, uh, but it does not necessarily mean that the that the, the same law, the civil service law, should apply, which applies for the central government, should also apply, mm -hmm. apply to local governments. That there are other ways of getting there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is uh, a very good approach, but it's also an approach which uh, kind of um, assumes more responsibility from our administrations to not only tick the boxes and do things formally, but to actually prove that they have substantively uh, implemented uh, the reforms with yeah. the same objectives which are demanded or which are requested by the principles. Do you think that the administrations in the Western Balkans, at least speaking about this region, are at that level of maturity? Uh, well, I, I, the last thing I would like to be is paterna, paternalistic. Um, I think, you know, this is a, this is a region which, which has attained a certain level of maturity. So I think um, your public administrations deserve to be treated as adults. Mm -hmm. um, and in, 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 in this sense, this, this, this was our guide uh, when formulating. It, it is also our guide now when we are working on uh, the measurement methodology. Let me just give you one example. Mm -hmm. You know, you, we, we can prescribe, uh, the, for example, we can prescribe that um, top managers in public administration must have a five years term, um, which cannot be shortened even when the government changes. We can prescribe all that, and we have an we have an example in the of the of a country in the region which ticked all the boxes in this respect, had a perfect civil service law, and still, after a radical change of government, well, more than 50% of top managers were, were, changed. were changed in a way. They either left or, or, or were changed and so on. You know, see, the legislation was perfect, but you know, the, the outcome level uh, criterion was really poor. Um, in the new framework, we are more focusing on the outcomes. So you, you know, you, we can provide you with examples of legislation from different European countries, from Ireland to to Estonia to I don't know Germany or France. It's up to you to choose or to combine or to, you know, to pick your own way. But at the end, what really matters is that you have high level competencies, uh, very competent top managers, and that you have stability. 
Indeed. So these are the outcomes which are, are, the which outcomes. are needed. And in a way, you know, uh, politics is like water. It will always find a way if it wishes to find exactly. a way. So ticking the boxes will not help. Exactly. So I guess that by applying this kind of an approach where you actually look at the outcomes and yeah. you measure the outcomes, at least, you know, you will be looking at the end at, uh, uh, at the end at whether there is leaking or there isn't leaking. Exactly. If it's not exactly. leaking, then it's fine. Exactly. It's exactly. It's, uh, I mean, um, uh, it's... Um, it is it is either genuine and authentic or you don't have a solution or it, or the, or yeah. it doesn't have a purpose um, you mentioned that Sigma is not going to evaluate the work of local administrations and this yes. is clear but the new principles do seem to be a bit extended in scope not least because of the addition of the green uh, transition issues addition to well let's say i would say much greater emphasis on digitalization as a, as an overall priority is this going to still extend the scope of sigma's assessments uh, and uh, maybe even increase the workload of the administrations in the region what is your expectation well now when we are working on the measurement framework uh, we kind of uh, set uh, the objective to keep to keep the workload not to increase the workload uh, but I think more and more that it will be difficult not to increase the workload. I would say, as a rule of thumb, that the workload workload with the assessments might increase by 10 to 20 percent, both for Sigma and for, for public administration. Now, you know, if there, are, if if we don't have enough resources, or if we don't to, don't want to put too much burden on on national administrations, what we can do is to you know to to skip some of the principles of some of mm -hmm. the indicators in an assessment round and mm -hmm. say you know this time we focus on uh, civil service and hrm we focus on service delivery we fo focus on on pfn but we focus more on something else this is possible yes. but but you know long story short it might increase the workload well, in any case, this sounds like a reasonable way to to uh, proceed with these assessments because obviously things in, in the administrations, they don't change uh, that quickly and easily. These are quite uh, long and uh, demanding reforms. So working on the basis of selection of specific priorities or risk areas in specific areas, it might definitely yeah, yeah, exactly. work exactly. As, a, as an approach. I wanted to ask you one more thing related to the application of the principles. Now with the revised methodology for enlargement negotiations, public administration reform has been included into the first cluster. It has practically become part of enlargement negotiations. In North Macedonia and Albania, we've already had a, a, a screening process yes. for the public administration reform, which is the first time that the Commission has actually done screening for, for an area which is not covered by the acquis. Uh, I have no information about how that went and what was the scope of what uh, the Commission presented, especially in the bilateral screening where the Commission actually explains, yeah, for, for example, for the sectoral key chapters, it explains what the key, what the EU yeah. law is. So I'm not sure what was the content of, uh, of these uh, screening processes, but definitely since public administration reform is now part of the enlargement negotiations, at some point somebody will have to say, well, uh, we uh, we can conclude that country X has fulfilled the criteria uh, for membership in the European Union from the public administration perspe uh, perspective, right? Who is going to be the judge of that? Well, the answer to this question is very simple. It will be the European Commission. Um, when it comes to screenings, I would assume that they don't look much differently compared to the 
you know, to the previous policy uh, dialogues. dialogues. Mm -hmm. And I would also, I would also assume that uh, uh, in terms of explaining the key in this area, the Commission heavily relies exactly on the, on principles, the principles of public administration. Mm -hmm. Now, but okay, the, the new principles will have rather than the the, the five grades from from yeah. zero to five. There will be now on the um, on the scale of uh, from zero to one hundred, right? Yes. This is the one of the innovations. Yes. Um, and yes. Uh, so, for example. Say that North Macedonia uh, in five years' time receives an, I don't know, an, an average score hmm. of 60 uh, across uh, the different areas. Who is going to and how is going to assess what level of achievement of the principles is sufficient to kind of, you know, guarantee a country mm -hmm. access to, to the EU? It will be the Commission, uh, for sure, but I don't believe that the Commission will set the threshold in, in such precise, in precise uh, quantitative manner. way to say, you know, you must have the average of at least 75% uh, and you must, and, and n uh, no area can have less than 60 or something like that. I don't believe, so. I don't think so. I think that it will be, the Commission will focus on the, on the, on the, on the big picture, uh, on the narrative, and also that public administration will be treated uh, within a broader package, you know, with democracy, with the rule of law um, and uh, everything. But, but ultimately the question, the answer to this question uh, only uh, is, is only in the hands of the European, of the European Commission. Commission. Yeah. Well, for those of us who work uh, on uh, creating the pressures for reforms within yeah. our countries, uh, certainly, you know, holding the governments to a specific uh, result they need to achieve would be very uh, positive and yes. it would be, um, you know, it would make maybe our work and our lives easier. But of course, I understand that uh, there, there is, there are many other factors which will be yeah. taken into and, account. And you know, I also have to be self-critical. You know, no methodology is perfect. Yeah, of course. And Sigma's methodology is 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 not perfect. And uh, just to give you one example, you know, when we when we look into the practice, that that that's our goal. You know, not not to look only uh, into the legislation and, and and policy documents and so on, but also to to look at the practical implementation we can realistically only scratch the surface you know if you want to see uh, what the quality of regulatory impact assessments is um, we can with our resources look at five or ten rias but there are hundreds of laws and bylaws that are being enacted every year so Indeed. there are limitations to our work as well and if I would advise the Commission not to be too, you know, mathematical and scientific in, in, in this uh, respect. But luckily, you also have some allies in the countries in which you are working, and those allies, um, to a great extent, come from the civil society, which has, in a way, a shared mission. I mean, at least those of us uh, in the civil sector who work on governance and administrative reforms, we do share the same mission as Sigma, which is improving the governance, improving the, the management of the administrations, and ultimately also improving the quality of services for the citizens, uh, legal certainty, quality of life for all, uh, for, for, for all of our societies. So over the past seven years, since uh, the first Weber project started, 
um, Sigma has really offered a lot of support and a lot of uh, a lot of very positive collaboration uh, to the civil society. We have sh we have had uh, joint trainings, um, many events. We have consulted Sigma many times when we were developing our methodologies, and we, when we needed advice, uh, we. Uh, we could always come come to Sigma for advice, and we have always felt that you have been uh, our allies and that we have been your allies in pursuit of this better governance in the region. Does Sigma have any concrete plans on how you will engage with civil society now in the implementation of the new principles? Um, do you have any any plans to extend cooperation with civil society organizations in the region in the in the coming years? Yeah, absolutely. We would like it to continue. Uh, we would absolutely like the Weber uh, project to uh, continue. We and it will be because we got uh, a third consecutive uh, uh, round of financing. Congratulations. So the new Weber project uh, it has actually just started a couple makes of days us, ago. Makes us happy also. Um, you know, your role is uh, invaluable. Um, for You have two things which makes your, your, your um, added value so important. Um, professionalism and independence. This is what you have. You are independent from your national uh, governments. You have a lot of knowledge. Uh, um, you have a neutral uh, perspective. Uh, and you look at public administration systems from the perspective of, of citizens. Experts, yes, but also from the perspective of citizens. So this is what I think uh, puts you in a unique position to, uh, to, to, to be a watchdog, to, be, to, to, to monitor. Uh, but also to give you know positive um, uh, advice, recommendations to the government, uh, and be loud and make the governments listen to you. Well, and uh, also we have managed to make uh, Sigma uh, and the European Commission listen to us. You gave us the opportunity to comment even on the on the draft new principles, which uh, we were very grateful to have uh, this possibility uh, to comment on something that actually represents, uh, let's say, a compilation of EU principles of public administration. So that kind of really uh, uh, represented a big step forward in terms of uh, how Sigma and the European Commission collaborates uh, with, uh, with partners in the region. And I, I just wanted to finish our conversation by saying thanks uh, for involving us and for giving us the opportunity uh, to, to give comments and to give inputs uh, in this important work, which is going to become the framework of reference for, uh, for our work in the coming years. Well, thank you for participating in this consultation um, event or consultation process. Um, your comments are very valuable. We will look into them and I can assure you that many of them will be reflected in the final version of the principles of public administration. You can count on us. And since we are giving thanks, I wanted to thank you for joining us for this uh, um, Weber um, podcast episode. I think this discussion is going to probably be uh, useful to those all of our colleagues in the civil sector who maybe weren't able to, to, to participate in the consultations and learn a little bit more about these innovations that Sigma, uh, OECD and uh, the European Union are doing in the area of public administration reform. So thank you. Thank you, Gregor. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you. Thank you.